Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning into the Nun Report today, man. I got, I got, I'm going to start off, I was going to start off the show on a positive note, and I'm still going to try to, but there's something I really need to get off my chest. I, I, I've tried to explain it before. I've tried to um, really help people understand where I'm coming from and, and try to uh, hopefully persuade some people to at least have an open mind and think about stuff. You know, I, some of the responses I'm getting when I'm talking about anybody other than Donald Trump are, are, are very militant. They're violent. They're closed minded. They're judgmental. And then you wonder why the left calls Trump supporters a cult. I'm so sick of it. I am a, I am an extreme right conservative. I voted for Trump twice. I'm going to vote for him again. I don't know how many times I can say that, but that doesn't mean I'm going to close my mind to any other information out there. That would be idiocy, lunacy. Why would you close your mind to anything else? Some people, it's like they've short-circuited. They've put, they're, they're so into Donald Trump and so into everything Trump, 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 100%, Trump or die, Trump or die, Trump or die. Great, good for you. But don't close your mind to any other information that's out there because you've already made up your mind. I've made up my mind too. I'm voting for Donald Trump. There you go. But that doesn't mean I'm still not going to present good ideas, good information, and good candidates that in my mind have something to offer to the conversation. And I know I've probably lost some people on my page. And that's fine. You know what? If you're so intolerant that you can't even accept a different opinion from another conservative that they don't need to be mutually exclusive. They can coexist. I don't think I want you on my page. Now, on the other hand, if you want to have good debate, if you're open to other information, if you can do that without attacking a fellow conservative and a fellow patriot, if you can exact, you know, maybe accept that, you know what, maybe there's out of the, the, the 37 billion people that are in the world or whatever it is, maybe there's, maybe there's some, a few other people that have some good things to say besides Donald J. Trump. You, you know, you, 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 you look no different than some of the extreme commie Democrats and they're closed-minded, intolerant, judgmental ways. Don't you see that? You know, I don't normally, I mean, this is this goes against everything I should be doing. I mean, opening a show by doing a rant, uh, going after some people that probably follow me. In fact, I know some of them do. And thank you. Having said that, I stand by what I said. I am going to present information on my platform. It's not all going to be Donald Trump all the time. I'm going to present information that, you know what, maybe you don't even agree with it, and that's okay. I'm not asking you to switch your vote. I'm not trying to persuade you to change your vote. I'm not trying to tell you who to vote for. I am putting out information that I have found to be valuable to me, and I'm sharing it in the hopes that somebody out there that, you know, maybe a lot of people out there 
would also find the information valuable. But to completely discount others and, and completely not let them be part of the conversation simply because you're so singular focused on a single person, that is cultish behavior. It is. Okay, now that I've got that off my chest, and, and there's like maybe one person still listening. Oliver Anthony came out with another song. Came out, uh, I want to go home, he calls it. And, and I hope that, let, let's, let's chill out. Dan, blood pressure. Okay. Oliver Anthony came out with another really cool song. So let, let's get positive here for a little bit. Let's get into the mode. Let's get into the nun zone. Let's, let's talk about truth, freedom, and weirdness here. And, uh, and if anybody, you know, uh, took offense to that event, I'm sorry, but it had to be, had to be done, had to be done. And, and um, it's just, just something that, that's, that had to, had to come out. Anyway, Oliver Anthony came out with another song, and this guy is not just a one-hit wonder. He has songs up there now since his first one, uh, Richmond, North of Richmond, came out and, and just went absolutely viral. Has 35 million views last time I looked at it. That was this morning. And a lot of his other videos got a ton of attention. He's taken over the number one slot on the top 100 Billboard chart, period. Not just genre, not just iTunes, but top 100 US, period. It's a big deal, knocking off Taylor Swift. He came out with another song. It's called I Want to Go Home. And I'd like to open today's show uh, post-rant that uh, w with this. And, and I hope that you would appreciate it. I'm going to play the thing in its entirety. Please go to his YouTube page. Go to Spotify, wherever you download your music from, Amazon or whatever. Uh, go ahead and buy this. You know, the guy... Record executives and industry experts are estimating he's making somewhere between forty to fifty thousand dollars a day through all of his streaming and downloads and YouTube revenue. And uh, without a record deal, without management, without a contract, it's incredible. I love it. Why would you? Why would you sign a deal when they would have editorial input on your your art when you can just do it independently? and do so well. Anyway, without further ado, Oliver Anthony, I want to go home. Well, if it weren't for my whole dogs and the good Lord, they'd have me strung up in the psych ward. Cause every day living in this new world is one too many days to me. Son, we're on the brink. Of the next world war And I don't think Nobody's praying no more And I ain't Saying I know it for sure I'm just down on my knees Begging the Lord Take me home I wanna go home I don't know which road to go It's been so long just know I didn't used to wake up feeling this way Cussing myself every damn day There's always some kind of bill to pay People just doing what the rich man say I wanna go home
grandson sails to a man out of town And two weeks later the trees go down Only got concrete growing around And I wanna go home I wanna go home I don't know which road to go It's been so long just know I didn't used to wake up feeling this way Cussing myself every damn day People have really gone and lost their way They all just do what the TV say I wanna go home For my old dogs and the good Lord They'd have me strung up in the psych ward Oliver Anthony, I want to go home. You know... Sometimes God works in mysterious ways. I think we all know that. And I think this is one of those times, this, this human, this person, out of nowhere, out, of, out from his farm, has put out a couple of songs now, and which has brought light to some of his other songs. Very soulful, very heartfelt. You can just tell. I mean, it oozes out of him. And the fact that he's not taking record deals, the fact that, you know, I just want to go back to my farm. And the fact that, man, he's a Chevy guy. Those are both Chevys he had. And he's got three German Shepherd dogs or German Shepherd mixes. At any rate, it looks like to me from what I've seen. And uh, I, <laughs> I'd love to ask him in person, hey, dude, are those German Shepherd dogs? Because I have two German Shepherds. I love my dogs. And um, obviously he loves his dogs as well. But uh, anyway, another song, check it out. And then a good friend of mine, Good, while we're on the feel-good vibe here and while we're bouncing into the show before I get too serious, because I am going to get serious here and I'm going to lay down some heavy stuff here in, in just a few minutes about the economy, about the debate, although not too heavy on the debate because it is what it is. And then also what FEMA has been doing over in Maui, living the in the lap of luxury while people have lost loved ones and everything they own in the fires. We are going to talk about all that, okay? But before we do, I want to bring up a, a video. Uh, a friend of mine, Sean Farish, he's, uh, he does a great Trump impersonation. He's been doing that impression, I guess you would call it. Not an impersonation, a Trump impression. I want to make sure I get my terminology right. And he's never actually done it with Trump personally, although a lot of people you know, said that, man, wouldn't that be cool if you could actually, you know, but Trump knew who he was, obviously. He's not, he's, he's on social all the time. He's not, he's not, you know, completely blind. But um, this was for an event at, uh, at Bedminster for, uh, to, to support Patriot Freedom Project. And that is a, a, a project that, that raises awareness to those who are being politically persecuted, basically, including the January 6th, uh, you know, pr prisoners. And, and they do a lot of good work. You can check them out at patriotfreedomproject.com. That's why Sean was there. He wasn't there to meet Donald Trump. He was not there to meet 
to do an impression. In fact, I don't even think he knew. I haven't talked with him personally uh, since since last night when he did this. But I, I don't I don't think he was even there to you know with the expectation that he would get to meet Donald Trump in person, let alone shake his hand. Uh, Raheem Sam took this video and and put it out there. I'm going to play it for you. Pretty cool. Check it out. <laughs> Mr. Totally awesome. I, I did listen to Sean's show this morning, and you should too, by the way. Um, Ungoverned, it's on uh, uh, it's on Rumble, and also Captain Deplorable on Wednesdays, but his regular podcast is every morning at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, and it, check it out. It's called Ungoverned. Anyway, uh, he talked about, yeah, man, I was so nervous, and I mean, who wouldn't be? Not everybody gets the, the opportunity to shake hands with the president, but again, I want to bring up the point that this event was not about that. It wasn't about Sean. It wasn't about his impression. It wasn't about meeting Donald J. Trump. It was about Patriot Freedom Project. You can check it out, patriotfreedomproject.com if you want to learn more. Let's dive into things here and get into some meat and potatoes. The economy, as we know, isn't doing good. The economy, in fact, Bidenomics is one of the worst things ever conceived. Notice how they always change. When Biden was running for president, it was build back better. They dumped that phrase and they jumped into another one and they dumped that. they're They're always changing their slogan because all of their slogans turn to crap. It's kind of like everything woke turns to crap, right? So all of their slogans eventually turn to crap. Right now it's Bidenomics. They decided to try to own it. And like everything they try to do, it absolutely is falling on its face. Super flat, super flat. Bidenomics is the destruction of the American economy is what it is. But they still try to defend it. And here's, I mean, just check this out. The, the DNC guy, he, he just keeps... He, he keeps trying to defend it. Check it out. 63% of Americans disapprove of the way that the this president is CNN. handling the economy. Um, his campaign thus far has focused on the economy. It does not appear to work. Why? Well, you, you just got to keep going out there, making sure that people connect uh, the, the good things that are going on with the president because they're happening because of his policy. The good things are, you just gotta, you just gotta connect to make people understand about the good things that are going on. Make them understand that them paying more for fuel and energy prices, including electricity and propane and natural gas and everything else, that's good because they're getting, they're, they're, they're creating a cleaner environment for the future. You just gotta convince them that it's a good thing that you have to choose between groceries and filling up your car to get back and forth from work. You know, it's all about just connecting with the people and helping them understand that they must sacrifice now for the greater good of humanity. Even though you can't afford those eggs, even though you've had to downgrade your lifestyle, even though you're not going on vacation, you can't afford the new car, you can't afford to go on vacation or a trip or anything like that. Never mind all that because we just need to help you connect. That's their message. He continues. Check it out. You talk about the things that are going up. Gas prices are going up. 
25 cents over the last month, a nickel off uh, the price about a year ago. Uh, the mortgage rates are going up 20 year high, more than a 20 year high. 21. And the administration and the party did such a good job of explaining uh, several years ago about how that's outside of the president's control. Right. We get that. But this is what people feel. Is there a vulnerability in tying the president's reelection campaign, fusing his name with uh, economics when so many people feel so sourly about the the economy? Is that a vulnerability for the president? Well, it's not a vulnerability, uh, Victor, in that uh, uh, because what we have seen over time is and we see this in contrast to every other major uh, global country in the world that America is again at the head of the line. <laughs> it's okay that your life, your financial life sucks because it doesn't suck as bad as the other countries suck. <laughs> they're seriously running. They're running on a platform of economics. The Biden, Biden <laughs> campaign is running on a platform right now. I'm sure that will change every few weeks until election day, but never mind. He's not actually going to be the one that's on the ballot come election day, but, um, they're actually running on what a strong economy. You're stupid. What you're experiencing in real life is not real. What you feel doesn't matter. Trust us. Everything's great. The economy is wonderful. It's super. It's fantastic. This is the reality of the American uh, economic situation right now. While you often hear this uh, White House tout that earnings are up, mm -hmm. well, not when you account for inflation. It's gobbling everything right up. Under this president, uh, real average hourly earnings are down 2.63%. Yeah. That's why it's so hard every month for most Americans. Because the increased prices, the prices are increasing faster than wages are. So it doesn't matter if the unemployment rate is low. It doesn't matter that wages are up. Because real wages, when inflation is taken into account, are lower. Everybody's feeling it. Everybody, except for the rich, the poor and the working class are feeling it. More Americans are turning to loans to help pay for everyday expenses. But a new survey from the Federal Reserve shows more loan applications are being this? rejected by major financial institutions. Auto loan requests and credit card limit increase requests, they're also at record highs, hmm. highlighting some of the financial pressure that Americans are facing. People are borrowing against, they're trying to get loans to pay their bills, to pay for fuel, to buy groceries. And they can't get the loans because they're already their debt to income is probably already too high and interest rates are higher, so they can't qualify anyway. Interest rates are high because the only weapon the Biden administration has chosen to use against inflation, they won't try to bring energy costs down to quell inflation by drilling and granting more permits. It doesn't even, yes, it takes years to get those things in place, but just by signaling and saying that we're going to open up drilling, we're going to open up fracking, we're going to open up, we're going to build new coal plants, we're going to explore more nuclear power, just, just the, the, the futures market on that will cause prices to go down. But they won't do that. No, no. So the only tool they have to combat inflation right now is to raise interest rates, which means your credit card payments go up, new car loans go up, people can't qualify for the same mortgages that they used to be able to qualify for. 
This is not hard to understand. The average price of a new car in this country, I, I mean, I actually didn't believe it. I, we had to double check it. This is according to Kelly Blue Book. It's approaching $50,000 under this presidency. Why is this happening? Can people afford this? And there's only one model under 20000 but there are 32 models over $100,000 if you're a real luxury spending spender. Look, this is just the inflation, inflation, inflation that we talk about on our show all the time, that prices are going up, real wages um, just barely turned positive in the last few months. They've been negative for about 24 to 26 months. And so Americans really are struggling. And I think it's so perfect that you highlight the middle class because those people who want even new or even and used cars really struggling to find something affordable. The average price of a new car in the United States is 48 grand. Are you kidding me? And there's just a few you can get for 20 grand and they want you, but don't worry, go buy yourself an 80 to $100,000 EV because you're saving the world. Your finances don't matter. Your well-being doesn't matter. Cheap energy doesn't. If we don't have, you understand, if we don't have cheap energy, we are not a world power any longer. China is laughing their ass off. China is building coal-fired power plants at a rate that they never have before in their history. They have cheap energy. The United States needs to have cheap energy again. We need Donald J. Trump in office to affect that. We need Donald J. Trump back in office to do what he's, what, what he's already done once before, but do it again on steroids. Don't worry, the energy secretary has an answer. But really, to put it another way, there is no rational discussion of our energy future, which is not also about climate change. And there's no serious discussion about climate change, which is not also about energy. Oh, so profound. That almost sounded like something Kamala might say. We can't talk about energy without talking about climate. We can't talk about climate without talking about energy. Actually, you can. <laughs> Good grief. You know, it's funny. They'd have us go back to, to the 1800s. It's funny. Back in, uh, what was it? Uh, oh. Sorry about that. In, in, in uh, 1930, let's just call it 1900. About 1900, life expectancy. Now, all right, so uh, the top is fossil fuels and carbon emissions. That's the graph top. The bottom is life expectancy, and, and the scale runs from 1770 to 2021. So around 1900, the average life expectancy was about 35 years old in the United States, just 35 years old. And then you can see as on the top, as fossil fuel use went up and we went through the industrial age, we went through being, having this energy, this inexpensive energy source to create things and power things actually increases the length of our life. You can see average lifespan is now like 73 years old and it corresponds exactly with our use of fossil fuels. So the fact is fossil fuels make this make this country stronger, it makes us better, and it makes us live longer. Not not less. It doesn't make us live less, okay? It makes us live longer. Exactly the opposite of what the climate alarmists are trying to get you to believe. The debate's on tonight. I don't know if you're gonna watch it or not. I I, 
I go back and forth. Uh, but we have Hutchinson, Christie, Pence, DeSantis, Ramaswamy, Haley, Scott, and Bergham. Now, uh, an elder is not included in this field because they decided that one of the one of the uh, polls that he submitted, where he was meeting above the polling standard, was had something to do with Trump. And so he got axed. It's unfortunate because I think Elder would have been a good person to have in this debate, a good person to present ideas. I don't, I, I would never vote for him, but I do like some of the things he has to say. Most of these people I have nothing to say about him. DeSantis and Ramaswamy are of course in the middle because they're pulling the highest at, at well, the first and second of the second place. Donald Trump is number one by far. It's not even close. DeSantis and Ramaswamy are number two and three or number one and two for second place, depending on how you want to look at it. So that's your field for tonight's debate. I don't know what you're going to do. I, I'm not sure I've even really fully decided. I go back and forth. I'm going to watch both of them, obviously, because there's they're going to be saved, but but I'm probably going to I'm probably going to watch the debate live. Or I may have actually a couple of computers. I might be watching both of them. I, I, I'm probably going to watch both of them simultaneously. But I'm going to watch the debate live, and because I know that the that the Tucker interview will be there. It's going to be out there. It'll be on Tucker's site, and so I can watch that at a later time. But I, I do. I, I'm torn. I want to watch the debate because I want to hear what Ramaswamy has to say. I want to hear what Vivek, how how he. I, I've listened to him a lot when he's just by himself or he's one-on-one -on -one with an interview, I want to hear how he interacts with some of the other candidates. I want to hear how he responds to some of the questions that I hope will come up in this debate on uh, like social security and Medicare and Medicaid. I, I'm not really clear on his positions on that. I kind of want to hear how he answers those questions. I want to hear more about what he has to say on foreign policy. I, I think he's got the, the domestic stuff. I think he's got down. I think he's got the, the, the social domestic stuff spot on. I'm not worried about that, but I do want to hear more from him on the, the, the entitlement that we have in this country and on the foreign policy. And I want to hear him compete and debate and express his opinions to those that oppose him on the same topics. I think it's going to be good. I think he's going to, he's going to do very well. I think that he's, he's going to uh, probably come out the clear winner would be my, he's definitely the most intelligent, he's going to be the most intelligent person on the stage. Whether that translates into being entertaining and be able to uh, be quick-witted and react quickly on his feet to questions and attacks from other candidates, we'll find out. On the other hand, I really want to hear what Trump has to say too with Tucker. So, you know, you guys can, you, you guys make up your own mind. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to try to convince you one way or the other. That's not what I'm here to do. The, the, you know, Liz Wheeler brought this up. You know, the Fox News they're trying to make this like, but by, by making it so exclusive and so, so not everybody can see it, you know, they're actually going to be losing ground. They're shooting themselves in the foot. They're almost acting like liberals because some of the rules, uh, you can't, you can't air more than three minutes of debate excerpts. So, so people that grab clips and whatnot that are out there, you can't air more than three minutes of it. Uh, per show, no debate footage used after seven days. So after seven days, you can no longer air any of the debate footage. So you better find it all out and, and take notes because after seven days, it's gone. No online videos unless from Fox video player. Now we all know there's going to be, there's ways to rip this stuff and there's, it's going to get out. There's going to be out there. 
But these are the rules they're putting out there. And what they don't understand, it will push people to cover the Trump-Tucker interview more. It's hilarious. In their effort to try to be exclusive, they're actually going to exclude a lot of people who are then going to just go watch. Oh, what the heck here? Uh, let's try to get that. Oh, there we go. Okay, got it. They're, they're just going to go watch the, the Tucker Trump interview. And, and and maybe I will do that too. But like I said, I'm going to try to watch both. Meanwhile, you know, so they're doing debate prep. I love the way that different candidates prepare for debates in different ways. Let's look at a couple of them. We'll start out with Vivek Ramaswamy. I mean, Vivek, when he prepares, this was his debate prep right here. He's doing Bro, burpees with his wife. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey. So that's one way to prep for debate. Uh, the other way to prep for debate would be uh, the, the Chris Christie way, and that would be this. For those of you that are only listening to audio right now, I have a picture up of Chris Christie, of course, uh, munching down on what looks like a Krispy Kreme donut. So that's how he prepares. So there's different ways to approach a debate. You can you can work out, be fit and healthy, or you can eat donuts and Taco Bell. It's entirely up to the candidate, and we're going to see which one in, comes out on top. Is it is it the donut eating Christie? Is that a better preparation, or is it the fitness? Uh, Ramaswamy, is that a better way to prepare for a debate? I'm excited to find out. I hope you are too. Meanwhile, the uh, the response in Hawaii, ay, ay, ay. I went over it in, in a lot of detail yesterday as far as what I thought about Biden's response and his, his callousness, his lack of interest, his lack of empathy that was demonstrated when he was back there in his speeches and in his appearance, falling asleep, giving, talking about his small kitchen fire and losing, almost losing his Corvette, his, his, his cat, when all these, when these people have lost their entire lives. Well, but don't worry. They gave $700 per family and some of them already have already gotten their checks. I'll give them that. They did people, they'd respond pretty well. They were able to go get their $700 check for their family per household. Meanwhile, FEMA officials are staying at $1,000 a night luxury hotels in Maui amid the recovery efforts in Lahaina. FEMA officials have been slammed by Maui locals for their slow response to the devastating wildfires that ripped through Lahaina earlier this month. Dailymail.com can reveal that they are staying at three five-star hotels, Fairmont, Kia, Lanai, uh, Four Seasons, and the Grand... Uh, <sighs> I wish I could pronounce these. Walia Astoria, I think that's close. During recovery efforts, federal government rates for this week at all three resorts start at an eye-watering $100. That's a federal rate, uh, $1,000. That's the federal rate, $1,000 per night. Story continues. FEMA teams have checked in at three five-star hotels, the Fairmont Kia Lanai Four Seasons and the Grand Walia Astoria, where past guests include members of Hollywood's elite. Their rooms carry price tags that are well out of the reach of most hardworking Americans. This is so disjointed and disconnected. You have families that have lost everything. Some families that don't even exist anymore. They still have 
They're still searching for remains. They're still identifying people. And you have FEMA employees staying in these five-star resorts, hanging out in the cafes. You know, I say put up tents and make them stay there with a chow line, like, like they're in the military or something out in the field. But no, 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 they're staying at five-star resorts while grieving families in Maui are getting $700 one-time payment for their entire family. I think that's pretty disgusting. I would hope that you do as well. So a couple more things. And today's show is going to be kind of short. I got I got to get out of here. I've got some stuff going on. And, and really, other than it really was kind of a slow news day, and I'm going to sit here and just make stuff up and, and try to drag things out any longer than necessary. I will tell you that this whole woke thing, this pronoun thing, the the LGBTQ+, the IA, whatever, whatever, whatever that's going on, we have to get off this course. We have to get off of transitioning children, of 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 brainwashing children to think that they can be a different sex of at a very young age of, of exposing them to sexuality at such a young age of, of we're destroying generations. And uh, in Germany, Germany is light years above and far and beyond and ahead on the woke spectrum. Germany kindergartners promote kindergartens promote sexual exploration rooms where children are encouraged to masturbate and touch each other. At least two nurseries in the German state of North Rhine-Westphalia have introduced the practice. This brings a whole new meaning of playing doctor. Now, I don't know about you. I mean, there, there is, a, you know, I mean, there's a reason why it's called playing doctor. And there's, I mean, kids obviously do it, you know, they, uh, but they don't do it knowing that it's a sexual thing. They do it as an exploratory thing. And they do it usually in their own, maybe with a neighbor, a kid, you know, maybe with what, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it happens. But to, for it to be promoted by a school system and you're going to have rooms. So you children go into this room, get naked, touch each other and masturbate in kindergarten. Are you kidding me? That's uh, that's disgusting. I, I, I bet they have cameras in these rooms. How much you want to bet? That's just pure conjecture, conjecture on my part. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. In the United States, they say elections are bad for democracy. That's New York Times. The Atlantic, of course, I mean, it's the Atlantic. Let's not give it too much credit. Uh, Americans vote too much, they say. They think that people should just randomly be selected to go represent the country and, and represent their areas. These people are communists, okay? They're not about democracy. They say, oh, we're here to protect democracy. They say that conservatives are the threat to democracy. They say that requiring ID to vote is a threat to democracy. Meanwhile, they're saying, no, you know, we, sh we shouldn't even vote at all. 
unbelievable, right? And finally, I'm going to close with this. And that is Trump put out a new ad and his Trump, his ads, they always, they always crush it. And this is, this one is no exception. And he's exactly right. I mean, Trump, Trump is huge. He is by far and away the front runner of what's going on. He will probably likely be the nominee, even if he's convicted of crimes, despite all of their efforts to erase him, all of their efforts to take him off of ballots, which is happening. And I'm going to talk about that in a later episode, all of the efforts to, to tie him up with legal proceedings and put him in prison. They impeached him twice. Despite all of that, he is still the leading candidate. And it's not even close for the Republican nomination and in many polls, the leading candidate to capture the presidency once again in 2024. Here's the ad. Check it out. See what you think. They come from different walks of life, but all have one thing in common. They want their country back. Parents who want to take back control of their children's education. Veterans tired of being kicked to the curb. They believe in protecting the sanctity of life, securing our borders, standing for the flag, kneeling for God above, and an honest day's pay for an honest day's work. Hillary made fun of them. You could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Biden called them a threat. The MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. And DeSantis degradingly called them listless vessels. No, they aren't, Ron. They're great Americans who know there's one person who will always have their backs. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. So, fellow deplorables, fellow extremists, fellow listless vessels, Let's make this happen in 2024. Don't forget, I'm going to I'm going to start I'm going to end kind of how I started but in a more measured way. It's very emotional when I jumped on. It irritates me to see conservatives behaving in a way that's not much different than intolerant Democrats or never Trumpers. This is a primary, okay? Please keep that in mind. This is not anything unusual. It's, it just is. We're not the party that's in power right now. There's going to be a primary. There's going to be other candidates. Let them speak. In the end, there will be one. <laughs> there can be only one. To, to bring up a Highlander reference. Love that movie. Man, and that show was great too. But the movies were amazing. But there can be only one in the end. There will be one nominee for the Republican Party. And I hope that whoever that is, more than likely Donald Trump, then we're going to get behind him. So you, you people, you know, even the only Trumpers, listen to me, please, please for a minute. It's okay for there to be a primary. It's okay for people to listen to other people's ideas. In the end, when Donald Trump becomes a nominee, we will all get behind him. That's the time to do that. I hear people calling out, oh, everybody should just stop supporting whoever you're supporting and get behind Trump. And these are, these are people who have been around the block a few times. They've been around the sun a few times. They know there's a primary season. We don't just ignore that and just anoint the next leader. 
That would be a Democrat thing to do. That would be a communist thing to do. That would be a totalitarian Marxist thing to do. No, we have a primary. We People are allowed to get out there and express their opinions. And even if you think it's pointless, even if you think they have no chance at all because Trump is so far ahead, he's got an insurmountable league, there's no way they can pass him, so what? We have a system. We have a process. And you can't try to say there's unequal application of the law and, you know, everyone's against Trump and the Department of Justice is against him and, you know, there needs to be even an even playing field. There needs to be freedom. There needs to be free speech. You can't say that while at the same time saying there should only be one person right now in the Republican Party for president, and that's Trump. Everybody else should go away. Yet that's what, that's what a lot of, not a lot, that's what some are doing. It's disheartening. It's un-American. It's undemocratic. It's not part of how our representative republic works. Representative republic. That means that these other primary candidates get to go out there, put in their pitch. You don't have to like it. You don't have to listen to it if you don't want to. I suggest you do, only in the interest of expanding your mind and increasing your knowledge and developing a hope for the future of the America First movement. But you don't have to. That is America, after all. But but I hope that you do. And, and I hope that you uh, at least have enough of a mind, you know, man, to just don't don't try to be something or, or don't don't fall into the trap of being something that you accuse others of being. Anyway, thanks for watching. If you've just been listening on one of the podcast channels or Renegade Radio, make sure to check me out on rumble.com slash the nun report because I often put up a lot of video clips and, and pictures and stuff that maybe if you're just listening to only the audio, they won't totally make sense, especially if I put up a, a video clip without audio and you're just listening to dead air. So make sure to check out the video, rumble.com slash the nun report. Subscribe. It's free. It's not subscribe. I should say follow. It's free. It's free. All right. Give me a thumbs up there as well. I'm on all the socials at the nun report, except TikTok. So I don't do that commie BS and on Twitter because I couldn't get the, so on Twitter, I'm at nun report only, or just go to my website, the nun report.com. Anyway, Hey, thanks again for watching. And as always until next time, may the eyes be ever in your favor. Cheers.